This is Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. As you're driving, as you're listening, as you're sitting in front of your computer, maybe you're running around the block, however you're hearing the show today, just know that we have prayed for you. And each and every day we pray. We pray that something we say here on the air today will touch your heart, will touch your soul, and inspire you to dig deeper. You know, you and I, as Christ followers in our workplaces, no matter what our workplace looks like, it doesn't matter. You know, it does, it matters, but what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what you do. Everything you do is there for the glory of the Lord, and you can be a missionary in your mission field. You can be a minister in your workplace. You've got the ability to really make an impact, but we need to understand that God really cares about what we do. And you're going to hear a story today that you're going to be inspired by. But I also want to, before we get to our story today, I want to invite you to go out to our website, iworkforhim.com, iwork4him.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. As you take some time, I would love to ask you to join Martha and I and hundreds of others from around the world praying very intentionally for our coworkers and employees by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve them, looking for ways to befriend them, looking for ways to pray with people, but all along being people of excellence. That's a prayer, care, share, work, and disciple kind of lifestyle. So why do we work? Is it to make money or is there more to it? Today, you're going to hear the story of one local Tampa Bay businessman who has had his ups and downs, his good days and his bad days, so he wrote a book about it. Make All You Can and Give All You Can is the name of a book, and Tom Chapman is the author. Tom Chapman was a top life insurance salesman. Then he met Jesus, and then he found and then he founded and led Advanced Protection Technologies in Pinellas County for a few decades. Tom is, an, is very active in the community and is married to an incredible woman, Lee. Tom Chapman, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. My pleasure. So glad to have you here. Get a little closer to the microphone. That'd be fantastic. All right, Tom, talk to me about why you wrote this book. This was something, I'm sure you probably didn't set out going, hey, when I retire, I want to write a book. But why did you write the book? Well, the bottom line is because God called me to. Um, It's the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the interest. Slowly, he warmed my heart. It was amazing the people he sent to me to ask me to either write a book or to leave memoirs, to do something. Uh, One man that that was a huge help by the name of Larry Maxwell, who's a great Christian in Lakeland, and I was having lunch with him, and he said, Tom, you spend a lot of time in ministry, you spend a lot of money. You give a lot of money away to ministries. He said, you've got to look at this as a ministry. Hmm. You look at everything from a business perspective. And I right then it clicked. I said, Larry, you're right. I'm going to write the book. Um, It's a great story. I mean, that's what I love about it is it's a great story. And it really, it's not one of those, 
tell-all books, but it is a tell-all book. I mean, it's it's transparent, it's vulnerable, and I love the fact that, I mean, really, you're telling Tampa Bay stories, but you're telling the story of how God used you in business right here in Tampa Bay to make an impact, but that impact was felt across the country. I, I, I just love that. But you didn't start off in the electronics business. You didn't start off in the electronics protection business. You started off as a life insurance salesman in which you had phenomenal success. You were in the million dollar round table. And I know what that means because I was a life insurance guy. So that's an incredible achievement. How did the Lord grab your attention with all that money around you and all that success? Well, I was not a Christian at, at the time. And the first thing he had to do was grab my attention about Christ, which is quite an amazing story. I was 40 years of age. As you said, not only did I make the Million Dollar Roundtable, I was one of the first members of Top of the Table. I was one of the top, and Top of the Table is a worldwide organization. Uh, I had tons of very wealthy clients, big renewals. I had a lot of security. So life was good. I had a problem with my son, and I found Teen Challenge, which some of you may or may not be aware of, They had five locations in Florida. I was looking for a solution to my son's problems. So I decided I wanted to go to the main campus, which was in Raresburg, Pennsylvania. And my wife and I went, and I took a local, one of the local directors with me because I didn't know what I was getting into. I'd heard it was a Christian organization, and I felt like Christians were weak. I thought Christ was just a good man. I had no concept. He was the son of God. So we spent two days up there, and there was 300, uh, I'm going to call them throwaways of the world, most of them right out of jail. A third of them couldn't speak English. They were Hispanic. They were black. They were white. They were everything. And I would pull them out randomly and listen to their story. And, man, did that get my attention. I saw peace. I saw contentment from people who should be bitter, angry. I knew something had happened. They all had the same story. They had accepted Christ. Christ changed their life. And I got to tell you, my attention was had. So Reg Ake, who started Teen Challenge, along with um, David Wilkinson, asked me into his office before I was leaving and said, well, Tom, what you need in your life is Christ. And I said, well, you might be right. You've got a great organization here, but I'm going to approach this the same way that I've approached everything else in my life. I'm going to go back to Florida. I'm going to read all the books I can. I'm going to read every version of the Bible, and I'm going to figure it out for myself. And he said, okay, may I pray for you? And he did. He prayed for me. Then we went to their chapel that night. Lee and I went right up front. Uh, watching these 300 ex-criminals, listening to a sermon, which I have no idea to this day was it about. Lee got up at the end when he gave an altar call, and she said her heart was going to burst if she didn't head to the altar, and I was right behind her. And we both accepted Christ. That's fantastic. So that's how he got our attention. So <laughs> Sounds I, like he really got your really, attention. I couldn't get up, Jim. It was amazing. I cried for 15, maybe 20, 20 minutes. I don't know. 
I cried as, uh, as Reg spoke to me, told me what was going on, explained it to me. <laughs> um, That's, I, I love that. I love how the Lord moves, and I love the fact that he brought you amongst the least of these in order to be able to see how he really cares. Because in God's eyes, we're all level. We're, he doesn't look at us and go, well, they're, they've committed a crime, so they're a little worse off than you who've just, you know, what he doesn't, he looks, we're, we're all the same in God's eyes. We're all either lost or saved. Absolutely. So how is that night? That must have been an amazing conversation for you and Lee after you guys gave your, both at the same time, gave your lives to Christ. It was. I got to tell you, I was worn out. <laughs> I can't imagine. So, so I'm not. Not sure. Uh, I couldn't wait to get back, though, and start digging into the Bible and books as well. And we um, we went to church three times a week when we got back. I just had an incredible hunger to see what this is all about. So we both started growing spiritually extremely fast. We just had a, had a desire to. I guess God put that desire in our heart because he had big plans for us. Mm. And those big plans have been playing out for years. Right. So com- compare, in our last minute before we go to break, compare the Tom Chapman in business before Jesus and the Tom Chapman in business after Jesus. Well, just use some describing words. I'll, I'll, I'll try. Um, I was arrogant and prideful. It was probably similar to young athletes who are given so much money young. I was only 27 years old. When I led the Mass Mutual in the entire nation, and at the same time I was building two high-rise condominiums on the Gulf of Mexico and and some three or four hundred low-rise condominiums, uh, and I was buying and selling real estate and developing, and I just thought I was the ultimate self-made man. You know, I had a temper. My wife pointed out to me I was actually even angry, which I had no idea because I was not pleased with some things that had happened in, in my childhood with my my parents and so forth. But thank goodness to God. Tom Chapman before Jesus and Tom Chapman after Jesus. We'll, we'll do that comparison. Okay, some more on that. Um, obviously, to be as successful as I was, I had a good foundation. I had integrity. But the problem is I practiced the same type of integrity as everyone else that does not understand the only standard of right and wrong is the Bible. I practice situational ethics, which means I will make the decision based on the situation. That's one one issue with um, and, and problem in, in the world today. People don't know the truth. The real truth is in, in the Bible. And the difference in making decisions now prior to uh, prior to my salvation, is like night and day. It is so easy to make decisions when you have a set of principles you live your life by and you know what the standard is. You have your answer before the problem even occurs. So that guy after Jesus, Tom Chapman, after you met Christ, after you and Lee surrendered your lives to Christ at that, uh, at that meeting, talk to me about... How did the Lord lead you then to walk away from this successful life insurance business? I mean, that was a pretty big move. How, how, did, how did he move you away from selling life insurance after you met him? Well, when I came back, 
uh, as I told you, I just devoured the Bible and, and books and 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 met with as many Christian businessmen as as I could. And I wanted to know what role God played in a business. The Bible's the Bible's written to individuals, and it seemed very difficult to me the questions of do I am I openly Christian in the workplace? Uh, do I teach the Bible to my employees? Do I do I hire only Christians? They're endless. And so, and, and the next step is that I learned is that God owns it all, not me. And it taught me humility. Uh, I also learned that God has a plan for everyone. And I wanted to seek that plan because in my arrogance, I wanted to be the best Christian God had ever, let's say, landed or caught is the way I saw it. I was a very young Christian. And so you want to go from the million dollar round table life insurance guy to the million dollar round table Christian. Right. Okay. E- exactly. Because I've always been very competitive and I wanted to be number one. So if he had a plan for my life, I wanted him to show it to me. Well, he did. Uh, I didn't like it. Thank goodness I followed it. I would hate to think what, you know, where I would be now had I not. But I was on the Pat Robinson show, and Nielsen from the Nielsen Consumers was on there with me. And he was a Christian. He knew I was a young Christian. And he said, Tom, the thing that's going to hold your spiritual growth back is security. And God started pounding that into my head because I had all the security in the world. In life insurance, you have tons of renewals coming in year after year. And you have a base of, of, of wealthy clients that are growing, and they need more insurance as they grow. And God was calling me out of that security so I'd be dependent on him. And I fought it, and I fought it. But, you know, when your heart's open, it is so easy to know it's him. It's not Satan calling you out. It's him. I love that point. When, I mean, what you just said, we got, we, got to, we got to ruminate on this for a minute. You just said that the guy that owned Nielsen, was his name Mr. Nielsen? I forget his first name. Okay, so the guy, but, and, and Nielsen just recently, I mean, they're still around. They're right here in Tampa Bay. I mean, he said to you, all your security is going to hold you back in your faith. I mean, that's that whole, we can't have two masters. I mean, that you either right. serve one, they hate the other, or hate the one and love the other. I mean, Jesus said, hey, we, you can't serve both God and money. And that's what he put, put it, but he put it in a sentence that you can understand. All that security, all those life insurance renewals, and they pay off for 10 years. And I mean, I, I understand that world can hold you back in your faith. But that's scary for you and Lee being new Christians, be able to say, hmm, we got to step back from that. What did that look like for you when you were processing through that? How did you come to the conclusion, okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. This is freaking me out. I mean, what was that like? Well, obviously, it was scary. In fact, the moment that I decided to give up that security, I was in the car listening to a sermon. Can't even tell you what it was about. And I said, okay, Christ, I'm going that direction. I broke out in a rash from my neck to my knees. And I went straight home to Lee because it, it didn't itch, didn't hurt. And I said, you must have changed soap powder or something. What is going on? She said, I did nothing. You better get to the doctor. So I went straight to the doctor. 
He said, you're eating up with nerves. He gave me a shot. The rash went away, and I felt better. So right then I said, what a wimp of a Christian. I'll, I'll, never, <laughs> I'll never deny you again like that. And to my knowledge, I haven't. I've followed him since then, but it was not easy, and it, it really wasn't easy for my wife. However, I've got to say this. Um, we both had a piece about it, which means Christ was speaking to my wife as well. But put yourself in her place. All of this security, and I'm going to give it up, and she didn't know what the future bears. We had to have a deep, strong faith, and that only came directly from Christ and pair and, um, uh, and, and studying the Bible and growing spiritually as we had grown. It was in his hands. So here we go on a trip. I felt like I was just grabbing hold of a tiger's tail and hanging on. Mm. So when you you said, Lord, okay, I'm, I want to step away from this. I w- I'm going to choose you over the money and the security. Yet what's really cool about it is that when you go on in your life, God continued to give you money, but it just no longer had a hold on you. I mean, that's that's really that's the title of the book: "Make All You Can, Give All You Can." But you learned that generosity was really the secret to that piece. I no longer cared about the um, the the security. My security was in Christ. I didn't have the goals to become wealthier and wealthier, and the prestige and the power that comes. With that, it was all switched to helping others. When God gives you anything, he does it for one reason, not for you, but for you to share it with others. And that's not just money. That's any gifts that he, that he gives you. And I had a gift of leading and training, and I wanted to teach others. I wanted them to have what I had. When you look at your marriage to Lee, and you guys were, how long had you guys been married when you guys came to Christ? Year and a half to two years. It was, thank, it was a fairly new marriage. Thank goodness we probably never would have stayed married with my attitude at the time. <laughs> and Lee's listening going, that's right, Tom, <laughs> preach it, brother. But when you look at your marriage and how you and Lee grew in Christ together, what were the significant catalysts that helped your marriage grow stronger with Christ at the center? Was you know, Give me the pieces. Was it church, small groups, mentors? What, what were the pieces that kept you and Lee together, growing your marriage and growing in your relationship with Christ? That was easy. There was no small groups. We did, obviously, we did attend church, didn't get super active in it. It was studying the Word of God and reading a lot of books, but primarily the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, He can't speak to you. That's primarily the way He speaks. He doesn't speak audibly anymore as He did in the Old Testament. And as you're reading, as you're reading the word, he will he will speak to you through the word. But it was an amazingly exciting time because we were growing together, and uh, we just had revelation after revelation, and the Bible just jumped out, and it made such incredible sense. And here I thought the Bible had just been written by a mere man, and I, I didn't want anything to do with it before I was a Christian. Mm. It was amazing. When how much did prayer with the two? Did you guys? Do you and Lee pray together? Yes. How much was that prayer time a key to you guys growing spiritually? Uh, it was a key, but I can't say we spend long. I, I, I get to the point fast. I <laughs> I pray in five I think God minutes. God appreciates that sometimes. I think so. Yeah. 
at least he does for me. I'm a bottom line kind of a guy, and I can pray in five minutes everything I need to pray. And I know I know people, and my wife will pray for an hour or two. But I, I'm just different. Well, I, we all the the thing that I have learned as I've grown in my faith is that we there's seven plus billion people on the planet. We're all created in God's image, and we all experience God in our own unique way because we have we've got unique DNA. All right, we're picking back up the story with Tom Chapman. If you're just tuning in right now, you've missed a little bit of the layup, but I think you'll still catch the gist of it. But if I would encourage you to go back and listen to the archive. Just go out to iworkforhim.com and click on listen and listen to the archive of the broadcast a little later on today. Tom, go ahead and talk about, okay, you and Lee surrendered. You said, okay, Lord, I'm willing to give up the security so that I, so that I don't have this wall in front of me digging deep with you and your, my relationship with you. What did the Lord have next? How did he move you? Where did he move you from the life insurance business? Okay, hang on. It's quite a story. Um, as he was moving me out, I, I, I knew where he was moving me. I knew the business he wanted me to be in. And I didn't like it at all. <laughs> okay. Um, it is not what I would have chosen. I had no idea. It was an electronic business, electronic search suppression business, and I'm not a technical person. So I would have thought that'd be the last thing. But as I said, when, you're, when your heart is pure and you're open to go wherever God calls you, he makes it so clear you don't have to question whether it's his will. So I jumped in. And actually, even though I knew nothing about um, the business I was going into, I was extremely well prepared. When you spend 18 to 20 years with some of the wealthiest people and you know intimately how they run their business and you deal with their professionals, their attorneys, their CPA, and their estate planning, you learn what works, what doesn't. Also, remember, I'd been in real estate development. Um, I'd been in the citrus business and actually a few others. And I had a well-versed knowledge of business. And when you understand business, you can run anything. So it really did not scare me. It's just not the business I would have chosen. But but how? I mean, okay, life insurance to electronic surge protection. There's got to be some, I mean, how did you know the Lord was leading you to that? Because that's about as random as it gets. Well, the way it started is one of the directors of Teen Challenge here in Florida, his name was Skip Adams. He's now deceased. Um, he actually went to work for a surge suppression company selling the products. And as I got saved, I was, I was uh, constantly calling him with questions about the Bible and so forth. And he started telling me one day, Tom, you ought to get involved in this business. It's a really good coming field. Computers back then were just, just springing up. Uh, phones were rotary, but, uh, you know, they were, they were changing. There was a big need, and he, he got my interest. And from there, God just made it clear at every every step of the way through through the uh, through the scriptures and other people that he sent and i i couldn't deny it so hmm. i had to, i had to go that that direction which i did fortunately um looking back on it it would have been a huge disaster had i not well and lord obviously had a plan because as you started apt it grew substantially the years that you owned it i mean there's some incredible stories in there how did 
What, what were some of the, the key things that the Lord did to help grow your business? And then I want to start talking about some of the core values, the, the principles that you built into what you did in your business at APT. But how did the Lord grab it and just explode it? And what did he lead your heart to do? Well, um, how did he, how did he grab it? His main role, which I could not have done myself is, you know, a good business has good people. And I prayed constantly for God to send the people. The first thing he did was sent me a very talented engineer to design the product. That was the first step. And then, of course, I needed CPAs. I had two MBAs. I ended up with seven engineers, uh, two of them PEs, and a very large company. And I never put an ad in the paper for any of them. And every time we lost an employee, he always replaced them with a better employee because we took care of our, our people. But I saw that as his main, his main goal, was sending me his main responsibility is sending me the right people. So you're saying God built your business. He, re- he really did. When you, so right from the beginning, though, you knew that God was directing you this way. What were some of the key things that you set up as core values into making sure that you were going to honor the Lord with everything you did at APT? What were some of the things that you, right from the beginning, this is the way we're going to do business? Well, everyone that I hired, um, whether it was right, legal, or not, I explained that it was a Christian-run company. It was going to stay that way. And by the way, in the 25 years that I owned the company, I never even had an employee complain about the way the company was 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 run, much less uh, lawsuits or threatens or, or whatever. Everyone loved it. And I would say no more than 35 to 40% were, were, were Christians. But so you it didn't was, just hire believers? No, no, absolutely. Well, we don't have time to talk about it, but when I first started it, I thought that was God's will. That turned out to be a, a total disaster. I learned that lesson fast. That's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> absolutely. But it, it God made it clear to me that, and, and he sent people that were not Christians, and there were many, many, many people saved over the course of the years, and some whose hearts were so hard you would think they will never accept Christ, and they did, because we lived it. I lived it, the Christians in the company lived it, and we did not deviate. But I developed, uh, Jim, a set of principles that I built my life on and, and that I built the company on, and I did it for the purpose of training my employees, because as the company grew, I didn't have the one-on-one time to spend with them. I had 17 different managers, and I spent a lot of time with them, but I wanted everyone to know the principles and so that so that we would all be on the same team. We're talking today with Tom Chapman about his book, his life. He wrote this book, Make All You Can, Give All You Can, and uh, we've just given away a couple of copies. I'd like to thank Lisa in Tampa and Kathleen in Palm Harbor for calling in and winning the book. We've still got some more copies to give away if you'd like to call into the studio line, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. So, Tom, what were some of those uh, core values? What were some of those principles that you that you set in front of you and said, this is what we're going to do? Well, first of all, it was all of the principles as I knew them 
from the Bible. You can't just practice a few of them. You've got to you've got to have the entire package. And the way I taught them is through the principles that I wrote. And at the end of every year at the Christmas party, I would present the state of APT, Advanced Protection Technologies, was, was the name of my company. And I would cover the year and, and predict the next year. And, of course, I would remind them of what God did throughout throughout the year. So you actually uh, summarized the miracles that God put on your company. Well, that made sure you absolutely. drew attention to it. Not only at the end of the year, but every day of my life. Um, real quick, some of our core values are, I can go through these fast. Would you like for me to? Pick the ones that were the ones that you, I mean, because, I mean, you just got, a few of them. Yeah, just pick a few of them. Your, okay. your, top, your top two or three. We keep our commitments without excuses, regardless of the cost. The ultimate responsibility of APT's management is to mentor and influence our people in the right way and for the right reasons. In every situation and circumstance, we endeavor to do the right thing every time. Is that enough? That's I mean, it's good. The whole idea there is that it, it, you're 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 putting the whole love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You're putting the, your employees; those are your neighbors. Your customers; those are your neighbors. Your vendors; those are your neighbors. Right. And, and that's really the story that you tell in the book. Is that you, you talked about how the Lord challenged you sometimes in that because you had you had a neighbor, one of your customers that. Uh, you had a pretty tough falling out with them, but we're not going to go into that one because we're not going to have time. But we'll come back to that after the break. In your core values, did you ever have people go, Tom, but why those core values? Why do we always got to do the right thing? Did you ever have anybody say, why? Never. Um, first of all, they, they wouldn't challenge me. I'm a pretty strong-willed willed guy, but but if they had challenged me, other employees would have to because everyone learned very fast when you do the right thing, God honors it. What you give, you receive. It's the law of reciprocity. And that is so easy to teach and it's so easy to show and, and prove that, believe me, everyone was on board, every employee. There were a few bad ones. We never had to fire them because we had a great bonus system. And we treat our employees right. And if, if an employee wasn't on board, they just seemed to get squeezed out by the other employees. It was just an amazing way to run a company. Wow. So the, really just self-attrition. The, when people, if they, if people working alongside other people knew that those people were toxic, they just convinced them to leave because they were wrecking their chance at a good bonus and really wrecking the reputation of the company. Of course. As we have this conversation with Tom, I just want to, if you're just tuning in now, you're going to want to hear the whole story. And if you want to get the book, you can still, there's still time left to call into the studio line or to email us, Jim at IWorkForHim.com or the studio line, 877-943-9673. Tom, it wasn't always easy, was it? Uh, yes and no. When you have God's peace, it's easy, but the problems and the adversity were severe. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Now, I understand, but it's still sometimes when life is really, really tough, it's hard to, sometimes we get really carried away and then we're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be at peace about this and I got to step back. You had one time where over 60% of your revenue was coming from one source and they bailed on you. Right. What happened? Tell the story. Uh, well, the company was Square D which is the largest power distribution company in the nation. And they were buying our equipment and, and uh, installing it internal to their, to their equipment, which made sense. 
Um, and I was blindsided. Well, first of all, they wanted to buy my company, and I did not get a release from God to sell it at, the, at that time. It was a substantial number, but it was not the right time. I, 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 I knew it for sure. Um, so they took a couple of years reverse engineering my product, duplicating the literature so it would look as though this had been their product forever. Um, and so we were blindsided. So we lost 60% of our business overnight, which, by the way, would probably bankrupt 95% of the companies in, in the nation when you have no time to prepare for something like that. So believe me, I had a peace and a calmness, no panic, panic no anxiety, because the first issue is that you have to understand when you're, when you're a, a mature Christian is that God owns everything. You don't own it. It's not yours. And if he owns everything, then he can take it away, right? And also, uh, the Scripture says that you thank God for everything, and that things work to the good of those who are called to his purpose. doesn't say you thank him for the good things. It's everything. So when this happens, <laughs> right. you've got to understand that. And, and God knows the future. We don't. And as long as there is no sin in your life and you're practicing his principles, you just have that assurance it's all going to work out. Now, I've got to tell the end of the story, Jim, and I don't—should I, I do it now? Because do. I don't know if we're going to run out of time. Please do. So just as a perfect example, um, I sold this company to Emerson Electric years after this happened. We built our business back up stronger than it, than it was ever before. And when I sold it, I sold it for 12 times earnings. And at that time, the average multiple times earnings that companies were sold in the electronics business was 7.6. So I got an enormous price, but had, had Square D still been 60% of our business, actually no other company would even be interested because they could pull out a year after they bought us. So God knew when this company was going to sell, he knew I could not have that much business in the hands of one company. So what we did was absolutely perfect. The next issue I had to deal with was my employees. Certainly, when it happened, they were wondering who's going to get let go. Jim, I'm glad I have a website that documents all this, but we didn't lay off one person. We didn't decrease one salary. We didn't cut bonuses. We didn't cut any benefits. We just said as a team, we're going to go out there and, and kick some rear and, and recapture the business, and that's exactly what we did. And then after six months of looking and assembling three different attorneys, I'd never been in a lawsuit in my life, but I found that there's no one attorney that knows it all, and we sued Square D. Square D thought we would be bankrupt. That was their plan. Never did they imagine that we would spend a million and a half dollars before a court date to be in the position we were. And I settled that case for four times what my attorney told me to settle it for. 
It was an, an amazing, that could be a, a whole story in of itself, but we don't have the time today. But all of this can't happen unless God is the CEO of the business and your heart's in the right place. It just doesn't happen. Well, and, and all these people are going, okay, this guy's gotten a lot of money, but really this, the, the title of the book is Make All You Can and Give All You Can. Talk about how the Lord led you to be, I mean, I, I don't know, take the the generosity conversation wherever you want it to go, but that's what this Give All You Can is all, because I, I today is the first day we've ever had a conversation face-to-face, yet I've known about Tom Chapman for at least 15 years because I've heard about your generosity throughout the community. Talk to me about how the Lord led you to be generous. And and I, I don't want, I, this is not a bragging thing. I'm asking you to share. How can we learn from what you learned about generosity? Tell us what we can learn. Well, it's the desire of our heart. And I didn't used to understand the scripture that, that God will give you the desire of your heart. He first places that desire there. That's why he gives it to you. It comes from him. And my wife and I get tremendous pleasure out of helping others, not only financially, but mentoring and growing ministries. Uh, we, we work very close with about 13 ministries, and we're actively involved in them, not simply simply giving. But, but that's, where, that's where our heart is. That's where our treasures are. Is that, does that answer? Uh, but, well, talk, I mean, because a lot of people are like, okay, well, when I make more money— well, I can get a little nicer house or I get a little nicer car. How did you, did you guys cap what you were going to make? I mean, how did you keep money from becoming a God in your life? No, um, no, we have two very nice houses and two very nice cars and we spend money on ourselves. And actually we've never given sacrificially. <clears throat> we have been called for a specific person. We've, I was prophesied over two or three times and God has tapped me to give away an enormous amount of money. I'm not going to say it on, on, on the show. Sure. But it seems, it seems almost impossible. But nothing is possible with God. Just read Ephesians 3.20 and you'll see. And we are well, well on our way. And that's our goal. And that's our calling. That's our ministry is to give. And he's given me an ability to make a lot of money. And I make, have always made and still make a whole lot more in, in real estate than I did even with APT. <clears throat> but how do you keep, when God is blessing you with so much in material possessions or, or cash, whatever, whatever you want to put it, how do you keep that from dominating your life and understanding that this is being given to Tom and Lee Chapman to be good stewards of and to bless others? How do you keep that from messing your heart up well it's easy now but um initially it's uh it's a challenge because there are a lot of things you want to spend the money on and and do but when you know the scriptures he owns it all so how can you just indiscriminately give his money away we're going to answer for every dollar one day that goes through our hands and we're more focused on eternity than we are today and like I say, that coupled with the enormous pleasure and satisfaction we get from seeing life's changed, giving, it's easy today. It's not a problem, and, and it never will be. But it could have been at one time. In fact, I have heard many times 15% of the Bible is written about money and possessions, 
And I've heard there's more written about money and possessions than there is about heaven and hell. Uh, it's very, it's a very serious subject to God, and to misuse His money is to us a very, very serious thing. Generosity is such a huge gift to us when we are generous. Speak to those out there. You got 30 seconds before we got to go. One thing you want to make sure every listener hears from your heart about how to live their faith out in their workplace. What's one thing that's really important you want them to hear? Uh, actually, it's the enormous pleasure that you get out of mentoring the people in the workplace. I've, I've had hundreds of employees, and to see them grow, some of them some of them grow without accepting Christ. Just the principles we taught would change their life. But particularly when they accept Christ, it really changed their life. And that plus the money and, and, uh, and watching them grow spiritually is also just a huge pl- I enjoyed every, every day that I went to work. You mentioned there's a website where people can check out the book and your corporate core values in the story. What's that website? Do you remember what it is off the top of your head? It's on the last It's on the last page. page. The... All right. Well, I'm, I'll get that page. It'll be right posted. On, there you go. Make. It's a seedbed.com forward slash make all you can. Tom Chapman, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. And ultimately, I work for him.